Welcome to the Cravecast. I'm your host, Eric Mack, live from sunny Taos, New Mexico. And joining me live in the CNET studios are our regulars, Kelsey Adams, Bonnie Burton, Jeff Sparkman, <laughs> and behind the controls, it's Stephen Beecham. And also from somewhere in Texas, also via Skype, we got Danny Gallagher on the line. <laughs> Wait, did Danny freeze? Oh, no, okay. He's, He's okay. in scanners. <laughs> That's his motion face. Uh, so, you know, as Americans prepare for Thanksgiving this week, we have much to be thankful for. Uh, from the new Jessica Jones out on Netflix uh, and uh, a Mystery Science Theater 3000 reboot, hopefully coming up soon. And, of course, the endless onslaught, onslaught of Star Wars The Force Awakens hype that's truly the gift that keeps on giving this holiday season. <laughs> Uh, so we're going to be uh, discussing all that relative awesomeness. Uh, but first, I'm going to hijack the show uh, to give a shout out to the hundreds of people that so far have checked out CNET's very first crowdsourced sci-fi novel Yay. that we've been uh, for the entire month of November, which is uh, National Novel Writing Month, although it should really be uh, Global Novel Writing Month. Over the past three weeks, I've been kind of functioning as editor and uh, had some really interesting discussions um, with people from Brazil and Nepal and all over the place. Um, and uh, we've still got a week to go to get to the goal of uh, 50,000 words, which is the uh, the National Novel Writing Month goal. Thousands of people do this every November. Uh, and so we're trying to crowdsource 50,000 words of a sci-fi novel that is surprisingly complicated and takes place in multiple universes. Uh, and so there is about a week left and uh, anyone can join in. And uh, there's, I think, at least one chapter left that hasn't even been started yet. If you want to write a chapter uh, or people jump in and, and edit and, uh, you know, just uh, bounce ideas off each other. It's really a fascinating thing to watch. I mean, you can also just uh, log in and watch the thing develop live, which I know a lot of people do. Uh, it's at cnet.com slash crowd sci-fi cnet.com slash crowd sci-fi and that will actually take you right to a live google doc and you can just start jumping in and suggesting changes and additions uh, and it's been nothing if not a, a fascinating social experiment we'll see how the the final draft works out um, we're going to take uh, quite a while to edit what we get from this month and try to produce a, a nice final product that we can uh, publish uh, later, probably next year on uh, CNET. So stay tuned for that. Um, and uh, we'll come back to that a little bit later. But uh, first, let's just go ahead and jump right into um, Jessica Jones, which is out, a yes. uh, new series out this month on Netflix. Um, our own Rich Trenholm wrote a review. And uh, Bonnie, you wrote more of a preview, right? Yeah, I wrote a preview about it a couple weeks before. So oh, Oh, here's the trailer. Yeah, that's the trailer. Oh, go ahead. You can talk. I can talk. Okay. Yeah. That, that was Jessica Jones, played by Kristen Ritter, and with Luke Cage, who's played by Mike Coulter. And that's her jumping. <laughs> <laughs> and then what happens? And then... <laughs> well, here's the thing. We're going to probably be talking about a lot of stuff that are spoilerific. So if you haven't watched Jessica Jones yet, or uh, you want to stay completely virginal for Star Wars, which sounds dirty now that I've said it out loud... Uh, that you probably should just, you know, mute this and listen to other music while we talk. Because... <laughs> <laughs> or just go la, 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 for an hour. Because uh, here's the thing. Jessica Jones is an awesome show. It's on Netflix. You can binge watch it in one night like I did. All the uh, episodes, the whole season's on Netflix right now. 
And Jess used to be, I'm going to use, like, I, I'm going to talk as though I know her, like we're friends. Jess used to be a superhero, but she had to basically stop being a superhero because she came in contact with this horrible guy named Kilgrave, who's known in the comics, the Marvel comics, as Purple Man. Uh, and he was like a Jedi mind trick guy, so he could convince anyone to do anything. And he's played by the lovely David Tennant, as you see right there. That brings Ooh. up a great point with the kids, shoving the kids in the closet. I'll bring that up again. That's one of his victims. I feel like I'm Mystery Science Theater 3000 in this. <laughs> You'll never be extreme, Bonnie. I know. <laughs> You're spoiling um, the latter half of the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> so the whole point is I, I've been a big fan of Jessica Jones, uh, the comic. Um, I'm still hearing voices. Are you guys hearing voices? Oh, there it is. So, yeah, he Jedi mind tricks everybody into all the policemen into pointing the guns at each other so he could, like, prove a point. I mean, how do you stop a guy who can do mind control? That's the big problem with the the big plot line. Yeah. And a big a big element of this story and also in the comics is that it's basically the story of someone recovering after a violation. Yes. You know? Yes. So the whole point of this is more and luckily there isn't if you are very, uh, you know, just don't want to see a rape scene. Don't worry. There's no rape in the episode. It's mental. It's well. Well, yeah, he does that, both. Though. And, yeah. If someone can <laughs> mind trick you into having sex with them against your will, that's rape. So that's not consent. I mean, right, it's basically right, no. consent. But there's no rape scene in it, and no dogs die. Those are the two <laughs> things I care about in movies and TV shows, and that doesn't show up in Jessica Jones. What does happen is she has a post-traumatic str- post-stress traumatic disorder. I never say that right. Post- post-traumatic stress PTSD. disorder. PTSD. PTSD. PST. PST. <laughs> you have acronym stress disorder. Oh my god, yeah. I can't do it. <laughs> anyway, so she has this residual trauma going on because uh, in the comics, and they don't really explore about this, and I kind of hope they do in the second season a little bit more. Maybe they won't. Maybe second season will have nothing to do with Kilgrave. But in the comics, Kilgrave not only forces her to sleep with him and date him, um, he forces her to commit crimes and forces her to try to kill one of the X-Men. And in the comics, she comes pretty close to doing it till she stopped, and then she has to go through rehabilitation. But because she did all these horrible, horrible things, the rest of the superhero community doesn't trust her. So she just decides she's not going to be a superhero anymore, and she's going to be a private eye in Hell's Kitchen. And this is the same world that's post-Avengers destroying New York, trying to save New York, right? This is the same New York yeah. that Daredevil's in. This is the same, that's that realm. So and it's... Oh, I'm sorry. And so the cool thing is with this show is that you have Daredevil. She mentions the Avengers. She mentions Mm -hmm. Daredevil comes into it. Rosario Dawson's in it. That's not a spoiler. That's been known for a while since the show was greenlit. So she comes into it. So there's that Daredevil connection. And then after this season will be Luke's show. Luke Cage has a show. That's the guy that she's romantically involved with in this. And then after that is uh, the Defenders. And there's supposed to be another season of daredevil yeah i'm confused if there's a second season of daredevil i assume I there so. is yeah, no. i just don't know when yeah. it shows I think up it's january is it okay. I, I remember it wasn't very soon okay but it is happening and then yeah. and the defenders is the one that brings them all together defenders brings them all together and uh it's just interesting how i mean this is why i love marvel so much is that they're connecting everything so they're connecting the dots to all these superheroes and all these different shows and if you're a squirrel girl fan in the comics she is the nanny for the child that Jessica Jones and Luke have. But I don't know if they're ever going to bring that in. To, to <laughs> that might not happen on the TV show. Yeah. <laughs> it might not happen it's on the TV show. It's a little inconvenient. It might not happen on 
not happen in the TV show. And there's a lot of things in the TV show that aren't what happens in the comics, clearly. Yeah. Because Marvel Comics is a huge, huge, many, many decades worth of storylines. They can't shove everything in there. Perfect example of that is Jessica Jones' best friend, Patsy mm. Walker, uh, who's played by Rachel Taylor in that. And uh, she is Hellcat in the comics. But they don't really talk about her being a superhero or anything on the TV show. They just talk about her past as a child star. So it's just interesting how they left some stuff out and they incorporated mm. other things. And I'm a huge Jessica Jones fan. So anyway, so Rich's review, you can go read it. You can read my preview on CNET if you want. If you haven't seen it yet, if you want to just have a taste of what it's going to be about or you're just slightly interested in the show. I talk about how excited I am for the show and the comic connections and all that stuff if you want to read the comics. And then Rich wrote a review after watching the season. And his uh, commentary was that he thought it was more about Kilgrave and less about Jessica Jones, even though the title of the show is Jessica Jones, even though the main character is Jessica Jones. He, his criticism of the show, in a nutshell, and you can watch, read his whole review, which is really interesting, that it was more about Kilgrave and less about Jess. I don't necessarily agree. I think because she was violated by Kilgrave, that's the point of the show. Not that it's all about Kilgrave or all about Jess. It's what happens when you are a superhero that mm -hmm. basically is defeated yeah. in the worst, most violated way. How do you survive that? And how do you come to terms with that? In the comics, they're set a few years further on, and mm -hmm. it's more about she's still dealing with a kind of feeling of loss of, of specialness. Like there was a time when she was free and beautiful and strong, and that's gone forever. You know, she's dealing with that. Whereas the, the show is immediately afterwards. It's more about the violence, the fear. Yeah. And, and uh, another good thing to bring up, too, is this is a world now where humans don't really like superheroes. But they know about them. They and know about key. them, yeah. but they don't know what to do. So if you're watching Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. right now, that has a storyline of there's people that not only do they know that aliens exist, they're super afraid of them. They think, oh, they're going to take over and, you know, kill the humans. And then, and then in some cases they are killing some humans. And then in Daredevil, he's still kind of keeping his persona hidden. Yeah. Um, and also in Jessica Jones, it comes up quite a few times in the series of humans that don't really <laughs> cut her a break. Yeah. And she's having a rough day. She's, have, she's trying to save people. And she constantly gets attacked by the worst neighbor ever, who's just a nutcase. So there's many <laughs> different parts of Jessica Jones. One, I really like that she's a heavy drinker. I was that was when I said okay I need this show I need her to be a sloppy drunk who's yeah. sexually aggressive yeah. no reason um, no but I need those two things for this to I be know. Jessica Jones and here's the thing uh, if you uh, I think is it Melissa Rosenberg is the showrunner I, I feel like that's right. her name um, yeah. if yeah if you look her up on Google she's done a lot of interviews with Esquire and Glamour and all these different places about why she made Jessica Jones this Jessica Jones like. Why you didn't need to see the actual trauma. You do see flashbacks of what she was like with Kilgrave, but you don't actually have, you don't need to see the trauma to know that it existed. She is sexually aggressive, which is great. I love that. I love that it's not like this thing where she has to, at the end, be demure or anything. And I love that she drinks a lot of whiskey. But here's the other thing, and this we learned this from Arrow. Did we learn this from Arrow? I feel like, no, Flash. Mm. Alcohol doesn't affect superheroes. <laughs> it depends on your powers. Mm. It depends on your powers. She was she's yeah. definitely... Captain America used to... Captain America could drink. Yeah, well, you know, here's the thing. Not in the movies. Well... Oh, you mean, you mean he can drink without getting drunk? I mean, That's what you're saying. No, I mean, I remember him talking in the in the first movie. He would he was, you know, at the bar with the boys and was trying to get drunk and, like, you right. Know, yeah. Yeah. No. I'm his super. Yeah. His super metabolism powers. Right. 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 And same with Flash. Yeah. 
right? Flash can't get drunk. Yeah, it depends and on your say, It depends on your power. Flash has so super it, it's flash likely enzymes. that Jessica can drink more than a normal person. Yeah, and I think the same yeah. with Luke. Luke owns the bar. He's invulnerable. He's yeah, nothing can harm him. So I don't I don't know. I don't know if alcohol but here's the other thing. If you're a big Doctor Who fan and you love David Tennant, this is a perfect example of see <laughs> this guy's range. He was already evil in another oh. T V series called Secret Smile. He played a stalker, so you should look that up on YouTube if you want to watch it. It's a I think he was series. evil on Doctor Who. And he was <laughs> he could be evil on Doctor Who. But there's moments in Jessica Jones where you almost, almost feel sorry for him. Almost. Mm. And then you don't. So I'm just going to leave it there. I don't want to spoil it for anyone else, but I just want to say that you should all check it out, If especially if you're into superheroes, if you're into Daredevil, if you're into Marvel, and if you're into uh, female badass superheroes. And I just want to say before I forget that one aspect of the comics of Jessica Jones is they're, they're very de-glamorizing. They show you the, the unglamorous side of various famous superheroes and also a world in which people know about superheroes, but they don't necessarily respect them. Yeah. You know? So she's kind of in the position yeah. of someone who's been targeted by revenge porn or something. Like Everyone yeah. knows her business, but nobody necessarily respects her. She never knows who she's going to meet, who's going to know something private about her and feel like it gives him some right to talk to her about it. You know. And I, w- I will say there's a great scene where oh. she makes fun of a costume. <laughs> because there there are flashback scenes, especially with her and her best friend Patsy, who's called Trish Walker in this, where she uh, Trish tries to get her to wear a superhero costume because they grew up together. Because mm-hmm. um, in the comics and in this, uh, Jessica Jones gets her powers because they're, her family are on their way to something like Disneyland type place, and they get into a car wreck, and of course it's a radioactive <laughs> truck that run, ran, they ran uh-huh. into, and she gets her powers, but her whole family's wiped out. And she has guilt about that. That's and very well shown, I yeah, think. Yeah, she has survivor's guilt all the way through the season, and so it's just interesting, but they do make fun of the costume, which I think it was a great touch, because they do that in Supergirl a little bit, too, when they go through the different stages of costume. They do that on every superhero show. Arrow's gone through that. Flash Jeff was just pointing that. out, Sparkman, as we call him, was just pointing out <laughs> What a great um, job of design they've done on the Flash. Like those costumes could have been super dorky, right? Yeah. But look how good they are. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. Daredevil went through that too, where he had kind of a super dorky costume, and then eventually it turned out okay. But here's the thing: like she doesn't have a costume. Her costume is basically what I would wear on a day to day basis, which is just I like want that coat. Yeah, which is just like dark <laughs> jeans, dark shirt, dark, and she's always like disheveled. Shout out to Michelle Starr, who I was, was knitting her own Jessica Jones scarf, by the way. Oh nice. I, was say, nice. I think I have. I think I have the male version of the Jessica Jones. <laughs> awesome. So I would be Jessica. I would be Jessica Jones if she was, yeah. you know, if she had a, a thyroid problem and and no superpowers. Oh, and if you always have a messy apartment, you will appreciate the series as well. <laughs> oh, do you want me to turn the camera? No, no, no. I wasn't oh, saying no, you. I wasn't. Specific, I wasn't my, specifying you. My dishes you, Danny. are right there. It's hilarious. <laughs> There's things also, living in it. I've named some things in that sink. Yay! Just punch out the nearest window. There's superheroes in Danny's sink. There we go. Uh, and to be fair, <laughs> oh, I didn't to Rich, say there were superheroes. <laughs> uh, uh, to be fair to Rich, we did invite him on to defend his review, but he had to go to a football, soccer football uh, I, and, game and instead. It's an opinion. Like I don't, Rich, I don't necessarily say Rich is wrong. I just don't agree with it. He said well, she could be just, anybody, and that is an interesting can I, criticism. Yeah. Can I add one thing to uh, what Kelsey was saying earlier? Because I had this thought, and I was like, and I haven't watched it all the way through, so I didn't want to throw my opinion. I kind of like this because it doesn't feel like a Marvel property. Interesting. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I understand. I, I didn't know it was a comic before the show came along because I'm I'm not as up on comics as most people. But and I'm not anti-Marvel at all. I love Marvel movies and comics and characters, but I'm a DC guy. And because they're a little darker and a little more brooding, and this just just does not feel like a Marvel property to me. And I'm sure there are other examples. 
people could give me. Yeah, Daredevil is you know good. But this feels like I mean this feels like a, like a dark kind of film noir, detective noir, which is my favorite style of film. You know, set in a modern age with like you said with a lot of um, you know modern elements. You know about like this woman who's coming back from this very horrific incident, and I I kind of just I like that style of I I, I like those kinds of stories and and the, and and. It, every time I look at the title screen, I'm like, there's a Marvel logo there. That doesn't feel like it belongs there for yeah. some reason. Maybe it, it's just. No, I mean, you're right. It was. It is really dark. And the, another comment that Rich put in his review, which I actually do agree with, is that he said that he wished that it was more about her using her powers to solve other people's um, like uh, cases brought to her. And there wasn't really a lot of people bringing cases to her. Mm. Uh, it wasn't like a, a, a proper detective show where each episode's a case. You know, it wasn't kind of like that. It was an overall story arc. Um, mm-hmm. And it's a lot of her just dealing with who she is internally and not necessarily about. I mean, you get a little taste of the people that hire her at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't work out so okay. great. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I feel like and most of her cases of- are oh. her spying on cheating spouses. I mean, that's basically her bread and butter is, is spying right. on spouses. And, and he wanted to see more. Yeah. more of her powers but that is a deliberately frustrating thing in the comics i think yeah they choose not to tell you what her powers are for a while they choose to only show them bits and pieces because that's not the point it's a story of a person yeah which is yeah. It's kind of interesting it's hard to read but it's interesting yeah, yeah. and and the which whole is, point which, too is there, is, which i think is oh i'm sorry go ahead no no Please. i was gonna say the whole point too is that when you have superpowers how much must must it suck when you basically are, get overwhelmed by a villain who can get into your head and make you do things and so you don't yeah. even get to use the superpowers for what you want to do. You have to do it for some villain <laughs> douchebag who's like taking over your brain and it sucks. And that's to me, that's like the worst thing ever is to have superpowers that suddenly you're not in control of. Somebody else yeah. is like a puppet master and that's horrible. So I don't know. I felt for during the show. But I'm just glad she drank and there's yeah. some serious <laughs> sex scenes. So people that were commenting on my preview going, hey, I really want to watch this with my 12 year old son. I'm like, uh, well, if no. you, if you uh, separate no. rooms, no, no, just no. watch it in separate rooms. I was like, if you want, you can. But I this is a great rooms. opportunity for the sex talk. <laughs> This is a watch good. This, this really, is, yeah. I wish you were my mom when I was growing up. You can watch. <laughs> you can watch Showgirls, honey. You just have to watch it in a separate. Well, room. my mom. Was, my mom was a hippie, so it's like I, you know. Oh, okay. We we learned about sex way too young, so we just I totally got South. warped. Yeah, but I, I mean, I had to learn it on the street. There are some real. <laughs> there are real sex scenes in this. I mean, not just. Yeah, yeah. I mean, real sex scenes. Like there were some Kama Sutra moments. So I was it's just a- like, this is this is. I'm learning. I'm learning. This is good. How many episodes are there on Netflix right now? For people who want to get started. 13, 13. 12, 13, yeah, 13, yeah. And you can do yeah. it all in one sitting. I did it. It's just... Um, Maybe don't, though. Maybe don't. <laughs> <laughs> I just did it because I didn't want anything no, I spoiled. I like with this show, you have to kind of watch it slowly. Yeah, but I will... You, this is a, to me, this is an anti-binge-watch show. Like, if you watch it all at once... <gasps> I had to one, binge watch it because anyone spoiled for me online. Well, we well we had I mean you know as professionals, people like <laughs> how us, dare you call me that, sir? Professional? Oh, what? professional? Yeah, a professional uh, scribe, <laughs> a professional. bard. I don't know your Something. job title. A bard. An no, I feel like this is this is the anti. But this is one you want to watch slow. This is like wine. You don't want to. You don't want to. Want to, you don't want to chug well, it. There we, you, there we part company, Yeah, Danny. you've never seen me drink wine either. Uh, yeah. So here's the thing. I binge watch. <laughs> A fine wine. <laughs> I, will, I will binge watch it 
I, it's like boxed wine for me, right? So I'll just guzzle all of it, and then it's I'll the, go back. The of shows. I, I I'll watch all of it at once, like a like a cheap Target box wine, and then um and that's a plug in case they want to send me any. And then, <laughs> and then uh, I'll go. I'll I'll skip a week, and then I'll come back another week and slowly yeah. watch it and devour it like a fine French wine. And I'll slowly watch it. So I, I, I have to speed through it, and then I'll rewatch it. Because that's what I did with Daredevil. I'll amend my metaphor. This is like a 30-year-old <laughs> scotch whiskey that okay. you have to drink slowly to truly appreciate. Okay, I can, I can, I can understand that. So here's, here's one last thing I want to say about Jessica Jones, and then we can move on. Because I, I have to get everyone's opinion on this after they watch it. If you haven't watched all of it, I told, you don't need to have watched all of it necessarily. But you saw in the trailer when when uh, Kilgrave came into that house and put the kids in the closet. And the whole comment was he said that kids should be seen and not heard. And he's like, better yet, I don't want to see the kids. And he puts he tells them to go in a closet. That's the first episode. <laughs> second episode. That's the second episode. Yeah, I was going to say. What happens to those kids? <laughs> it never gets revisited. No, they're so, dead. So I'm like, <laughs> are they Harry Pottering oh. it in there? Like, do they think they're going to get, like, a Gryffindor letter? Like, what do they think is going to happen? <laughs> he's just very, very evil. Netflix. He's, he's just an evil, <laughs> evil person. But we never find out because there's other people he tells to do things that you see what happens to them, but you never I find think... out what happens to Well, they do mention that, that his his power only lasts for a certain That's amount true. of time. That's true. Yeah, it wears off. Does yeah. it? In the comics, it wears off. Okay. If yeah. you're not physically close to him. All right. I'm just going to assume the kids are alive, but I really like the idea of them still in the closet. Was that an anti-spoiler? I don't know. Uh, it's anyway, kind of like I disinformation. Feel like a, I feel like that's a spoiler because I don't. Yeah. About I the kids. Know. Well, what happens to them after? Beware. We don't know. We can't spoil happens. you about something right. we don't know. We can't spoil because okay. we don't know. We don't know what that's happens. Speculation. Right. Speculation is totally. Those kids are still in that closet. You're not revealing anything, but the thing you're revealing <laughs> is that there's nothing revealed. Those kids are still in the closet. There's gonna be another Marvel show just about those kids stuck in the closet. Closet. Right, well, how about let's send soon, Jeff to go look for the kids. In the meantime, uh, let's move on to another show that I think is also kind of an anti-binge watching show, um, unless you are, you know, really have a lot of Mountain Dew. Oh, um, I love Mystery Science Theater. Yay! Yeah, Mystery Yay! Science Theater three thousand. My family used to watch this for hours at a time. Yeah. So you're wrong, Eric. It's totally yeah. a binge watching show. Movie oh, time. And the cool Great. thing is, for Thanksgiving, they're doing a marathon. Joel. Joel. Oh, look at him. I just want to hug him. Oh, I know. This usually jogs. Yeah. Yay. I'm so excited. Oh, I love Joel. I just, can I just start? I touched is... him once. Oh, yeah. I met him. I, I, met him I, I know. I run up to him, and, and I, he's not a hugger. I don't think he likes it when people touch him. But I, I ran up to him once, and it was at an ILM presentation when he was doing Cinematic Titanic. It was mm -hmm. their version. Because yeah, it yeah. went into different parts. There was riff tracks and then Cinematic mm -hmm. Titanic. But this right. is actually Mystery Science Theater. They're bringing it he back. He got the rights to the name. He got the rights to the name. They're bringing it back. It's two different. There's a new cast, though. So the original cast is going to be involved creatively, which means behind the scenes, like writing stuff. And there's going to be cameos. However, the main thing is that the new host is going to be Jonah Ray from Nerdist. Um, he does a bunch of stuff with Chris Hardwick, and he's done stand-up and stuff. And then the story that I just wrote that went live today is that Felicia Day is going to be the new mad scientist, and she's, do <laughs> yeah. he's, she's going to be Dr. Forrester's daughter. How cool is that? Oh, my God, that's Laser Blast. Well, wait, I love Laser Blast. Was it 
would, would she be the granddaughter? Because wasn't Mary? She's, I forget when Mary. No, Joe she's married. She's Mary, Mary Jo Peel's granddaughter. So it's her character because she was the okay. mom. Oh, so it's okay. I got. <clears> well, it's weird because Mary Jo Peel played a bunch of different characters. So right. I don't know. It's confusing. But just just know that Felicia's in it, and Jonah Ray's in it, and they have two new voices for um, Crow and uh servo servo tom servo shut up shut up (laughs) tom servo and crow are two different comedians that jonah ray handpicked because they're friends of his so it's a brand new cast so that's the thing you gotta know but they will have cameos and the kickstarter's at 2.6 million out of a two million dollar goal well here's the thing that's not that's their first goal so their two million dollar goal is for three episodes and then it gets cheaper after that so 3.3 million i think they get even more episodes there's a a graphic if you go down somewhere 5.5 5.5 million and you get a full yeah. season of 12 it says yeah right. so the thing is it's and they i explained it in my first article when i announced the show on cnet i i explained that breakdown of what that means and why it's cheaper to do more it it cost and that initial two million because of all the upstart fees right of all the stuff you have right. to do yeah. at the very beginning and then like pay for the puppets and stuff like that and then yep. after that, it's cheaper. You mean puppets? They're not real? They're not real. But the They're cool robots. thing is... Do they... not destroy my fantasy. Here's the cool <laughs> thing, though. Some of these Kickstarter perks are that... Oh, whoa, what's going on there? Hey, hey. Oh, that was, that was just... Too close, too close. <laughs> <laughs> no. What are you showing? This is CNET. What are you doing? Baby oil. Ah! Oh, my God. I can't concentrate. Okay, thank you. Um... <laughs> Oh, I totally lost my chair. Oh, perks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Why'd you do that to me? Perks. Perks, perks. No, no. <laughs> I'm having a seizure. What is going on? <laughs> I'm having a seizure. So some of the, perks, like some of the perks are you can get a VIP set tour. You can show up on the show. You can have your joke. Like, you can have one of their riffs, one of your mocking of movie quotes on the show. You can even get one of the puppets if you like give them a lot of money. I think it's like ten thousand dollars. You get to take Crow home with you or something. So, Jeff, Jeff, did someone take a riff of yours once, or am I making that up? Oh yeah, for uh, riff tracks, they had a contest, and uh, it was for the live riff of uh, Reefer Madness. Nice. And they had a contest where they they gave you a bunch of scenes, and they wanted you to do jokes for it, and they picked one of mine. Dude, that's awesome. So I got to see people laughing at a joke that I wrote. In a movie theater. Wow. From Rift Tracks, which is half of the Mystery Science Theater, yeah. guys. Yeah. yeah. This is going to blow your mind. What year was that? Um, Do you remember? It had a two at the front. <laughs> <laughs> I, got a, I, I actually won. It, it didn't. It wasn't in the movie, but I actually won tickets to that show for a Rift contest they did on their blog, where it was like you had to, they put up, it was the funniest idea. They put up a family circus, <laughs> and you had to take a riff from one of the Rift Tracks and put it in. Oh, nice. And I don't remember what it was, but I won a ticket to that Reefer Madness show. Oh, sweet. That's that's creepy. I mean, the, the irony is I didn't actually get to see my name at the, the credits at the end oh, of the movie really? because oh. the, the oh. theater that I went to see it at, yeah. they screwed up the feed. Oh. And so, oh, like, it was like they showed the very end of the movie, and then there was like, oh, yeah, we're running late clip. Oh. I'm like, nah. That's just like oh, the Oscars. God. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I got played off. Oh, so anyway, you can read about it on CNET about what's happening. You can still contribute. I think they have 17 days left for the Kickstarter, yep. so you can, yep. you know, you know, raid your savings so you can buy a puppet or something. But it's cool because uh, the, once they make these episodes, um, 
They're going to see if a TV, uh, if they could distribute it on TV, but it's going to be online regardless. I mean, it's going to be able to be yeah. viewed. But Joel does want to see if they can try to get back on cable. So we'll see what happens with that. I'm hoping sci-fi or maybe Netflix will pick it up. I mean, that would be pretty rad. So, um, oh, yeah, it was made for Netflix. And then also, just keep in mind, because they do this every year, every Thanksgiving, because the show debuted in 1988 on Thanksgiving Day, they do a Thanksgiving Day movie marathon of Mystery Science Theater. And uh, I wrote in the Felicia Day article that went up today, uh, towards the bottom of the article, it tells you where you can go to watch all six episodes that they're doing, their new movie episodes. Not brand, brand new, but I think they're just ones that haven't... I don't know if they've been released on DVD or not, or if they've been different ones that have been selected on DVDs. Oh, I don't know. Here's the thing. If you're collecting all the Mystery Science Theater mm-hmm. DVD collections from Shout Factory, there's a lot of them. Yeah, it's hard <laughs> yeah. There's a lot. Like, I lost track after, I don't even, I have most of them, and I still think I'm behind. It's like trying it's, to own all the Simpsons box sets. Like you it's just, even worse. It's even worse if you started with the Rhino. Yeah, oh, right, yeah. exactly. Like, that's where I started. That's, and yeah, got, you I've just, oh, there's so many. So, anyway, <laughs> they... They have that video on YouTube and it explains where you can watch them all and stuff. But you should check it out. And it should be something that you watch with your family every Thanksgiving. At, like we did. And Kelsey, did you yeah, say you too. did too when you were no, with Thanksgiving particularly. Just all in the general. time. We used to do it a lot. Yeah. A lot. A lot. And Mystery Science Theater has an official YouTube channel too. So you can watch other movies that they've got up there for free. And it's kind of a cool YouTube channel. So that's my shtick. But yeah, I have to do full disclosure. I'm friends with Felicia. but here's the thing i didn't know she was gonna be on the show and i just talked to her like last week she didn't mention anything so she's really good at keeping secrets and they have like a mad scientist they have one more person that they haven't announced yet on the show who's supposed to be her henchman so they haven't even announced who that person is it's not will wheaton because i already asked him it's not him and also he's made perfectly clear on his facebook it's not him so i don't know who it's gonna be i hope the henchman is i want it to be nathan fillion but he might be busy so i don't know maybe listen in your list in the comments of the article who you think should be i think it's gonna be ray fines (laughs) i was gonna nominate jeff it's not me it's not jeff i would give my well i would give parts of my body for that to happen yeah it's not jeff and it's not will wheaton maybe john hurt i don't know maybe mark cam maybe mark it's lorne green I hope actually, it's a- you know, I think it could. Be, I just I, this just hit me, and I thought this would be, actually be a cool pick. Yeah, John Hamm. Yeah, yeah, yeah he was good. I, that's a good segue into Star Wars because he did the oh. the SNL skit that Ham I wrote Solo. about this weekend. <laughs> oh yeah, Han, John Hamm Solo trying to audition for the Han Solo role. It was an article I wrote about uh, Star Wars uh, Force Awakens auditions that SNL did a skit for, which they do for every Star Wars movie. Um, as we all remember, Kevin Spacey playing Christopher Walken, trying out for Han Solo is probably the most well-known SNL skit that happened a while back. <laughs> but this that. was, all the cast were different celebrities in this, and then actual celebrities were also in this. So you had Michael Buble singing uh, Making Wookie to the song Making <laughs> Whoopie. And then you had Emma Stone just trying out for uh, Ray, the character Ray, And then you had John Hamm dressed as Han Solo, and he said, just call me Ham Solo. And it was amazing. Oh, yeah. And Leslie Jones showed up uh, with the, the Klingon makeup. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was, yeah. That was good. That was, that was of course, they had to do a Star Trek joke at the end. I mean, you can't. <laughs> I mean, come on. But it was, it was very sweet. And But there were some that were kind of a little, um, 
hit home, like when John, both Daisy and John are in it. There's Daisy with. Oh yes, we're trying to be Sophia. Yeah, Sophia (laughs) Varega from Modern Family. I love minions, the little yellow guy. They're so funny, you guys. They're nothing to say. Shaquille O'Neal, reason for Chewbacca. Uh, <laughs> screen test, Javier Bardem. I uh, I have a suggestion. <laughs> uh, well, of course, there is a lightsaber, you know, but maybe he's uh, coming from here. And then we have two little ones. Like oh, yeah, that's so good. <laughs> you should fast forward it to the John Hamm. He's at the very end. If you want to, do it. the only joke I, I didn't think was very. F- funny because it hit home a little bit with john boyega who plays uh um finn finn he said he laughs when he reads oh you want a black stormtrooper and laughs at it like it's a joke and i'm like i know he's riffing on fans oh there's john ham so if you guys want to start you have the first line it's what's up ham solo and i'm like how's it going guys So I feel uh, so conflicted about all this because, you know, every creative cast comes up every month and there's (laughs) been more and more Star Wars hype. And it's like we have to acknowledge it uh, because we don't have to. Well, at this at this point, we we have actually hyped the Star Wars hype. You know what I mean? Like the conversation (laughs) about how there's too much hype. Like we're hyping that. I don't. I don't think we've so. done a full-on uh, Star Wars like force fatigue article, which I am tempted to write because I mean I used to work for Lucasfilm, and I never felt this tired writing about Star Wars. And I worked there for ten years, and this is the first time I'm like, mm-hmm. every other article I'm writing for CNET feels like a Star Wars article. One because they do really well on CNET because everybody wants to talk about Star Wars. Two, there's some great stuff out there, and all of us freelancers are writing about CNET, not just me. I mean, I mean Star Wars, not just yeah. me. But the problem now is that I'm finding I just I I'm just getting a little tired of all the teaser trailers and trailers. And I'm not trying to be spoiler free, but it's like, you guys, leave us some stuff like the it's, Luke it's the theory Disney machine. I mean, it, it's very much. OK, here's a perfect example. I wrote a story about the first word that's going to be <laughs> spoken on Star Wars because Jimmy Kimmel last night had a whole episode, like a whole show dedicated to Star Wars Force Awakens with the whole cast there, except for Mark. I don't think Mark was there. Uh, but Harrison or Ford. Or was he? Was he? Or was he? Um, and so Jimmy asked J.J. Abrams, what's the first word that's spoken? And he said, if you don't want to know it, shut your ears, but it's this. No, I mean this. This. Yeah. This is the word. <laughs> Okay, Very Beth, can I can I just jump in? If you're getting mad that you've that that if you're a, I don't mean you specifically, okay, if you're good. a Star Wars fan <laughs> who has gotten mad that we've spoiled the first word uttered on screen in the film, you need help. So here's the I thing. I mean, that's that's too much. <laughs> there it is to on me. screen like, again. I, I, oh, I, see, <laughs> that was a teaser yeah. right there. All the fans uh, know, oh. that are hardcore Star Wars fans know the first word to every Star Wars movie that's spoken, and the first word right. in the scroll in the opening crawl, right? Uh, and I include in my article all the first words that are spoken in all the Star Wars films, just in case someone thinks there's a pattern or a clue or, I mean, if you rearrange the words this, it does spell Sith. It also spells something else. It also yeah. spells a curse word we can't say. <laughs> or hits. Hits, Like, it's going to yeah. be a hit. Hits, right? That's what I was talking about. Uh, or Stormtrooper can't hit the broad side of a barn. Yeah. But anyway, so I don't know. I... 
I'm excited so, so for December interest- just so we can stop talking about it. Well, yeah, in the, in the interest of time, I'm going to move us a little bit beyond the first word. Uh, <laughs> let's get into the let's get into the meat. And you guys have have written some really interesting pieces that um, are actually unique and, and different from what everyone else is is writing. In particular, um, let's let's start with Danny, and then we'll come back to you, um, Bonnie. But uh, Danny, you wrote an interesting uh, take on you know the missing Luke Skywalker uh, in in all the the uh, clips we've seen so far. What was that about? Right. Cause uh, yeah, cause I watched the uh, the trailer. I actually watched the football game, where the, the, from the trailer. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and and everyone, you know, every, the only thing everyone seemed to be talking about was that there's no Luke. Where's Luke? And so I thought, okay, I'll just make fun of this a little bit, and kind of started reading up on what the theories were. Uh, you know, the bigger ones, like you know, oh, he's he's joined the dark side. Uh, or that I think he's he he died and now he's a forest ghost. I don't know what the term is for when you when Jedi die and become a ghost. Um, yeah, that works. Yeah. So, but it's just like it 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 hit me like just how impatient I think some people are to just know it. Like like there's kind of this. What what bothers me about the hype is that like some people don't understand that part of the fun of seeing these movies is that you kind of let the mystery build and then when it's revealed it hits you in the face like the cinder block and so that's what what was kind of how i approached the theories i came up with and my favorite was that uh that uh luke was in the trailer yeah uh, but but now he has uh, uh jedi invisibility powers see i think we just saw so him te- technically he's yeah technically he's in every scene he's just invisible I think we just saw him um, because I don't. I don't think R two D two lets people touch him like that. Not there. I, I assumed anyway. he was the guy in the black glove. Yeah. Yeah. I, they yeah. want. They want yeah. you to yeah. loot for was, him. The prevailing theory was that he he's the hooded guy with R two D two. Yeah. Um, but but even that explains. Like, is he dark? Is he dead? Is he? Yeah. Who cares? He's uh, in it. You know. He's got he a glorious robot? beard yeah. full of secrets. It's Abrams. He wants <laughs> hype. You know. It's Abrams. He's probably out getting coffee. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, he's I, the intern on this movie. That's the, another theory. I yeah. I, and what, you know, yeah. What makes Ray cry so hard? Who dies first? <laughs> on Solo, I think. Yeah, so that's what, this is what fans are for. This is what we do. We debate things to death. We try to figure out what's going on and who's going to die and who's going to survive and where people right. have gone dark and all that. I mean, I get that, but it's still like the internet kind of ruins stuff. Like when I was writing this piece, I went back and kind of looked over some of J.J. Abrams' other movies and I watched uh, his TED Talk on the Mystery Box, which is one of my <laughs> favorite TED Talks. So, and oh my God, so it really Kelsey is. hates that box. What? <laughs> I, have you watched his shows? It's a terrible way to write a story. <laughs> oh, I don't have to actually have a story here. I just have to get people excited and then wander off and think about something else. It's I terrible. He, he ruins everything <laughs> he touches. Yeah. Don't Damn. get me started on Star Trek. He ruined it. Anyway, oh, back to you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know what Star Trek was purgatory, right? Um, <laughs> I like the Star yeah, Trek, right. but, but no, the, the point was, was like Star you Trek. don't have to know everything. Like sometimes the fact that it's a mystery makes it makes it better. Yeah, not knowing what's in the box makes it more and makes it more fun. But there has to be something and, in the box ultimately. No, right? I understand that. Yeah, I mean it's there has the, to be a reveal. Called, it's called the force. No, no, it's okay. It's so a it's, force. The force is in the box. You just so can't see like, it, Kelsey. Right. Like mystery <laughs> science. Something. Theater box. Or something. something in a box. 
Oh when you God. when so you Kelsey, look, are in you the not box, looking forward to the Star yeah. Wars now? I didn't know you had this much hate for J.J. Abrams. Oh, I really do. I hate him. Wow, I didn't know that either. Yeah, no, I, I think it's very talented. It's because you but that's what's so frustrating her. about it. He gets you excited, he gets you interested, and then he's got nothing he can't deliver. Interesting. I agree 100. percent Interesting. See, I'm not crazy. Eric agrees with me, and look at his beard. <laughs> this is the first. Yes. One. Is that the beard of a crazy man? I don't <laughs> think so. Beard. This beard is in the box. Uh, Wait, uh, what's I in the box? I just figured it out. Eric is Luke. <laughs> yeah. oh, yes. I knew it. Or Obi Wan. Sing Americana five nights a week. <laughs> um, and, and so, Bonnie, what what about your take oh, on right. uh, Leia and Carrie Fisher? Yeah, so I wrote um, an article for CNET about how I was really excited that they let Carrie Fisher be Carrie Fisher. Like, they let Princess yeah. Leia, who's now General Leia, which is, sorry, spoiler, but if you're watching this, you are already got everything Well, spoiled. really, didn't she stop being a princess like, <clears throat> about halfway through the first movie? Technically, I mean, technically, yeah, because when you blow up <laughs> the, the planet, planet that you, you rule, you're princess of an asteroid field. At you're that point. princess of nothing after yeah. that. But I mean, I think they kept it because Han yeah. kept calling her princess to get under her skin. But and she that, was leading troops even back then. Yeah, 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 I mean, she was leading troops back then. And you can see even in that background with the blue and the green, that's the same blue and green we see her when she's uh, given general orders when she's in her cool Empire Strikes Back outfit. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I'm not talking about the bikini. I'm talking about the, at the very beginning. Oh, yeah, that was Return of the Jedi. Anyway, my point was they let her age gracefully, and they didn't CGI up her face, and they didn't make her get a bunch of plastic surgery. So that's what she looked like when she was in the original trilogy. And then, Steven, work your magic. Show her now. (laughs) (laughs) Show her now. Uh, I I know. We'll do it now because I'm talking about her. (laughs) I'm so demanding. I'm like a general. There we go. So they like, you know, I'm sure those touched up a little bit just because you can't have any photo ever be released for anything without slightly touching it up. But she still looks amazing. And she's I, I tweeted yeah. some more pictures of her that have come out for this uh, new movie and she looks amazing. And so I'm super stoked that they let her age gracefully. They let her be her. They let her still be someone of power. She's a general. She's not there to just be, you know, Han Solo's love interest she's actually still very powerful and very interesting character and um and i also brought up some stuff about in hollywood there was a bunch of actresses that have come out of the ageist closet recently that have said um that hollywood needs to knock off their ageist problem and one point in particular was i believe was anne hathaway and maggie gyllenhaal who are both in their 30s were told they were too old to play a love interest for men in their 50s. Wow. Wow. Mm. <laughs> yeah. And Meryl Streep said stuff about ageism, and she's played some amazing roles. I mean, Meryl Streep's freaking Meryl Streep, and she doesn't, you know what I mean? Like, she has Academy Awards to prove that it doesn't matter how old you are. It just matters how great an actor you are and how great the material is that you have. So, I mean, I don't know. I love Carrie Fisher in general. I think she's amazing. She's hilarious. She's great on social media. If you haven't followed her on Twitter, you should, because she's hilarious. Um, But I'm just really glad that she was allowed to be herself in this movie. So that's what that commentary is. That's me being a big old girl talking about old broads like me. (laughs) Can I just say this? If if People's Sexiest Man Alive had a Lifetime Achievement category, Mm. Harrison Ford. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say that. Right? 
I don't know. But that I was loved, off topic. I love Harrison Ford, too, because he's so persnickety. <laughs> like, when he was on Jimmy Kimmel last night, both, <laughs> both he and Carrie Fisher were just so, like, in their element. And even on the American Music Awards this weekend, when they did that horrible... I, I shouldn't say horrible. Here's the thing. American Music, if they're going to have John Williams on, I understand. But instead of an acapella group dressed in bad Star Wars costumes... <laughs> Singing, and by singing, I mean doing the like that kind of thing. Like all of us know the theme song to Star Wars. We've all sung it in various ways that make us giggle because we're being goofballs. These people do it professionally. So they were on the stage after Harrison Ford, with almost a straight face, said, Here's the award winning Apocapella group doing the Star Wars theme. And everyone's like, And it's just. Come on. I mean, that, I'm that, sorry. I mean, that was like, the one Harrison Ford introduced, right? <clears throat> yeah. Okay, because they're, was... actually, they're actually from my area. So sorry. I, I, I remember what they're... You're going to get his ass kicked, Bonnie. <laughs> I'm, sorry. I'm going to get my ass kicked by an acapella. I don't know. <laughs> but at least you'll have a great soundtrack. Yeah, the soundtrack, the sound effects of that will be amazing. I don't know. If you get beat up by an acapella group, do they make the sound effects, too, while they're beating you up? <laughs> I they'll just, they'll I do kung, kung fu fighting. I, I just want to write a sketch now where I'm describing it to a police officer. <laughs> <laughs> like, what were they, they like? Well, they you down. Harmony. The baritone was a little slow. Yeah. But the soprano really has a great left hook. Yeah, it's, <laughs> I feel like if you get beat up by an acapella group, you got to rethink your life a little bit. Hey, Steven. They beat you down with bass. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff just sent around his riff tracks credit. There's nothing wanna, but treble. Uh, you want to put that on the screen? Uh, so it's, so we're running Points. up at the end of the show here, um, and I just before we go, oh, yeah. I want to want to say hi to in the uh, live yeah in the live stream chat room. Just want to say hey to uh, I believe the name is Asilio Mendez, who is uh, one of the folks that's been a really active uh, participant in our uh, crowdsource sci-fi novel. I mentioned at the beginning cnet.com slash crowd sci-fi again if you want to check it out. Um, you know it's been really interesting. There's been more than one. I mean, actually, a, a handful of people who are um, uh, not uh, native English speakers who, I mean, you wouldn't tell it from conversing with them on Facebook and, and in the Google Doc, but they've been going through and, ed and editing and making suggestions. And then, you know, they tell me later that they're not comfortable uh, writing in English. Although, again, I would never have guessed that these weren't native English speakers um, from just emailing and, and chatting with them. Uh, so we have you know, we have people writing, then we have people who might not even be uh, English speakers going through and, and doing some edits and making suggestions. And uh, Asilio has joined us in the uh, in the live stream chat. I just want to say hey to, to him and also uh, just to remind everyone to go check that out at cnet.com slash crowd sci-fi. We still got uh, about a week left to finish writing 50,000 words. We're at like, you know, it was growing as I as I was uh, as I was uh, logging on to the show, but we were at like 35,000 words already, uh, you know, approaching a hundred page uh, crowdsourced novel that, um, you know, deals with um, the multiverse and um, nanobots that uh, let people live forever in the future. It's really all over the place. Um, so Eric, but, what's going to happen when this gets optioned? <laughs> It's, uh, How many so people it, are going to be getting uh, IMDb credits for? It's going to be like the producers, where everybody gets like like two hundred people get thirty percent. Yeah, i you know it's all it's all Creative Commons, so oh, um, okay, cool. Anyone anyone can take it and do what they want with it. Actually, so it is kind of to to avoid future legal problems, we just made it 
uh, you know, open to everyone. Uh, all you have to do is attribute it. And so there will probably be somewhere there will be a page with the full credits. And I've been keeping track of all the people who aren't anonymous, who who want credit. And I mean, there's there's dozens and dozens of names, mostly people editing it, which really surprised me. Hmm. Um you know, in, in addition, you know, not just people from uh, from other countries, but I, I you know there's I, I know there's like uh, some people from MIT who who log on pretty regularly and are just going through kind of with a fine tooth comb <laughs> and editing stuff. Well, I was uh, wondering, Eric. I mean, you're trying to tell a coherent story, right? With so many people contributing, how are you, how are you doing that? Isn't it like herding cats? Like, how do you do that? Um, <laughs> so, like on day three, I, I realized that there was going to have to be some sort of a structure. So, I mean, the the, the premise, the storyline, is actually a, an idea that I've had kicking around in my head for a while, just to, in like one sentence really quick. The idea is that uh, there is a, a, a multiple or a, uh, an alternate earth somewhere mm -hmm. in another universe that if you go there, it's kind of a more technologically advanced earth uh, that might resemble what we would think of as, as heaven or a utopia. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and through some kind of quirk of, of quantum physics, um, when people die on earth, they do go to this place. So a lot of mm -hmm. people think it's heaven. Um, uh, however, on Earth, around 2050, people start the technology advances to the point where we're living a lot longer, almost to the point of being immortal. Uh, and with fewer people going to this other parallel uh, planet where they're kind of used as a labor force, mm. um, it starts to really <laughs> screw with their economy. Mm. Um, so they have oh. to send a person, an emissary, to 2050 Earth to, con to convince people to start dying again. So heaven needs us to die. Heaven needs us to That's die, interesting. basically. Oh, that's uh, the name of the book. Uh, the, we, we've got this? three different options, like human capital, human something else. Uh, that That's I one like, thing that yeah. is being edited. <laughs> um, I like the title, Heaven Needs Us to Die. Yeah. Or maybe Die Already. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah, there you go. Um, like an anti-Mitchell please. Um, <laughs> Uh, and to answer your question, Kelsey, like, so that concept at first, I just had like two paragraphs. Mm -hmm. What I just told you was just sitting there at the top of the dock and then it, it wasn't enough. So around day three, I did go through and I outlined, uh, each chapter. So there's, mm -hmm. I, I basically wrote a paragraph summary of like 21 chapters. Mm -hmm. And for the last three weeks, people have been going in and fleshing out, fleshing out those one paragraph chapters. Oh. And it's been really amazing there's been only like one case of vandalism mm. um and there's been a lot of really interesting conversations about you know really you know deep topics that i mean like i said well it crosses language barriers and it's been really really fascinating to watch and i definitely and any, anyone can still participate there's still time to and is it easy to, to read through or is it kind of like an exquisite corpse where you don't really things don't really match up but it's still entertaining i mean that just seems this whole concept of so many authors and one story is very like. Do you have intriguing. to go in and get rid of stuff and say this just doesn't work? I'm I getting know. rid of this. How so, do you I determine mean, that? So like right, yeah. Is it like Hunger Games? It. Is it like if I contribute and you don't like it, then all of a sudden I just see my name kind of float up <laughs> as you take out my part? <laughs> um, not quite that dramatic, but um, I mean, yeah. If you were to go through and read, I think what we have on November thirtieth. I mean, it's it's not completely coherent, and it'll, okay. it'll like I can't I can't editing. go in and just add in like a lonely unicorn, right? Like I you can't can. just no, you can. oh okay, well I, that'll I mean, be I, me. I mean, I do like have the power to what I, what I what I we also realized the limits of Google Docs pretty quick. Yeah. Uh, like originally, I was just leaving everything in there, like all the edits, and you can see like where stuff was crossed out, new stuff was replaced, and then it, it broke Google Docs. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> 
So a couple times I've had to go in and just ex- I, so I accept all the minor stuff as much as I can. Um, and they, I do have, and I can go back and I have all the drafts, the revisions, so I can go back and add anything if, if I need to, that's only been requested once. Um, but, uh, so yeah, it, I kind of, I kind of go in and clean it up every now and then, otherwise it'll, it'll just break. Um, but you know, the whole national novel writing month thing, which I think you're also doing Bonnie. I I am. Yeah. That's why I'm not sleeping. (laughs) Oh, right. Mm -hmm. But you know, the goal is not to have a finished final draft on November 30th. It's to have like a rough draft and that's what we'll have. And then we'll rework it. It's mostly about writing. It's just teaching you as a writer to just have a certain amount. And this is what a lot of novelists do too, just so they can get through something and get done is that your first draft is always going to be crap. And then it's like your second, third and fourth drafts are where you actually make something real. Um, But yeah, it's basically just a torture test to see how, (laughs) much you can write in one day and i do the thing where i like let a couple days lapse and then all of a sudden i'm up 24 hours writing things that don't make sense so uh and then i put footnotes on everything like david foster wallace (laughs) type wallace foster see i don't even know what i'm saying i'm so tired i've been writing i even put like a jessica jones homage into my story it doesn't even fit i don't know why i put that in there there was like a sherlock reference it's just i put references in of whatever i'm watching there's a scandinavian like murder detective guy in there so because i'm watching river now on netflix so it's just i i pity anyone that tries to read whatever i write this month but uh i admire what you're doing eric because it's such a cool idea to get a whole bunch of people involved and have it be like a cnet collective of your readers and our readers and people excited about this stuff so i can't wait to read it yeah i I can't wait to to mold it into something uh that's coherent enough for us to publish which we will uh you know next year and 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 again just big thanks to to everyone i mean there's a, a few people a, a, a guy named his screen name is ryan Yi. i think he's i think he's somewhere in, in <laughs> asia i'm not sure uh, who's just been tearing it up on there there's another guy scott stevens from um st louis um that's contributed a lot and then uh, people like uh, Celio, uh, who are just editing the heck out of it. Um, so go check it out. And it's also cool to just like sit back and watch it, like in in real time, kind of evolve in the dock. Um, so yeah, cool. cnet.com slash um, uh, crowd sci fi. So check that out. And uh, we're way over time now. So thank you everyone um, for watching the Cravecast. And um, happy Thanksgiving if you're in the U.S. And happy figuring out what Thanksgiving is if you're not. Uh, <laughs> so for Stephen Beecham, Kelsey Adams, Bonnie Burton, Jeff Sparkman, and Danny Gallagher in Texas, that's the Crave Cast. We'll see you next time. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs>